Welcome back to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm joined here with Brad. Hi, I'm Brad. That's Brad. And today we are going to be doing a quick introduction, or an introduction, I don't know about quick because I obviously can't see into the future, but today we're going to be doing an introduction on your hosts. Uh, we kind of just dropped right into it and just dropped Anna Misery. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, this is the show. This is what's going to, because I was excited about it. I wanted to do it. So anyways, I thought, you know, maybe we should actually introduce ourselves proper so you're not just going, well, we know they don't like this, but. <laughs> I think it was good for us to do it in this way instead of starting out, hey guys, we're Matt and Brad, listen to our podcast. We start out with, Aramanga Sensei makes me mad and this is why. And our audience can be like, wow. <laughs> I like what they're saying, but who are they? <laughs> the air of mystery <laughs> pervades them. Meanwhile, me eating. Meanwhile, me dro- dropping Pocky in the floor in the middle of a podcast to go. <laughs> if I pick it up, I might knock over my microphone. <laughs> so I can't do that. <laughs> like there's any air of mystery to me. So, uh, yeah. We're just going to do an introduction. Talk about the uh, transformative our Transformative 5 anime, the sort of things that really define and make us who we are, or something to that extent. And maybe a little bit of our origin story, because, you know, origin stories are really important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. Every superhero has an origin story, so why shouldn't we? Well, does that mean if we're like the American comics industry, does that mean our origin story is going to be retcon and reset when sales go down? Hell yeah. the new 52 matt was actually from the future brad was actually a clone from the third dimension yeah that sounds about right yeah yep i can make these jokes i you don't i can make these jokes yeah you're you're more into comic books than i am i i will i I, yeah, yeah. I don't just have these comic book boxes in in storage and look at them and sigh and cry a little bit. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. What are you talking about? I've only done that once or twice, three times, four times. I did it today. So comic books make you cry, but what about anime? What does that do for you? So yeah. So anyways, transformative five anime origin story. A little bit of one. I actually have two origin stories because that's how special I am. You would. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm definitely I was I'm definitely the Goku here and you're the Vegeta because every single thing has just got to be a Snyder mark out of you I'm the prince of all Saiyans that's you that's what you sound like yeah yeah I'm also shorter than you so it even works more <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true too anyways as everybody who watched anime in the 90s. My origin story starts with Pokemon. Yeah, I thought I was going to say Toonami. Well, Toonami was in there. But, uh, you know, Pokemon. Uh, mostly, the only reason they even gotten to Pokemon was because of the Burger King toys. Had no idea what it was before. Burger King did those toys with the uh, Death Trap uh, Pokeballs that uh, killed kids, uh, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> did, wait, the kids swallowed them? No, what? No. I thought that for the longest time that's what happened. What actually happened is the Pokeballs have this little hole on them, and kids would put them on their mouths and suck the air out and have this Pokeball just pressed on their mouths. Or that's what I read. It could be just that they swallowed them. Kids are kids can be really stupid, so you know. Interesting. I have I still have one of those, and so I I refuse to believe that a kid can just deep throat that thing and just put it down there. Because if they can, then that. I just yeah. refuse to believe that. I refuse ta- to believe that's possible. Let's not talk about what kids can or cannot deep throat. All right. Okay. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Back on the subject. Um. Anyway. So. So yeah. Uh, Pokemon got the toys. Demanded the anime after. Uh, after that, and then oh, this is a based off a game. And anyway, stuck with the anime, and eventually it was oh hey, Toonami, and. Uh, Dragon Ball Z was there, and I liked Dragon Ball Z, but my real, what I really watched was uh, Sailor Moon. 
Well, it was originally Dragon Ball Z because my friends are watching it. And then, what is this show that's on before it? Why do I like it more? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh... Uh, just so I just was falling... I was watching Dragon Ball Z with my friends, but I was actually <laughs> just kind of there for Sailor Moon. And I... We did a little bit of research before this, and I just just looking at the uh, the blocks for Toonami, and I was like, I don't remember anything coming on between Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, and then I was like, oh yeah, that was snack time. <laughs> so no, no Thundercats, I'm not watching you. Sorry. Uh, but that's my origin story. And anyways, watched it for anime for the longest time up till high school, and then suddenly, all I wanted to do was play music and act like I was too cool for anything before, so I fell out. And eventually, one of my friends, John, uh, he was still into anime, and I went over to his house once, and he was watching, and this is going to tie back in later, because everything, it's its a big old circle here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I came back to his house, ha- I went to his house, and he was watching Steinsgate, and Ooh. I didn't know what was going on. I just saw car- this cartoon man just like, in a lab coat, just forcing this woman down, trying to get something out of her, and I was like, uh-huh. Excuse me? Oh, I'm not. So I was just, I just saw that, and I was like, I need to know more. So we ended up watching all the episodes of Steinsgate that were out at that point, and uh, I just got hooked after that, and ever since then, here I am. Here I am. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Ooh, excelpulor. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, how interessanting. (laughs) That's off. Oh, (laughs) before, before, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, before we go on to your origin story, Brad. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers is still a 10. Just thought I might throw that out there. Oh, yeah, you did say you were uh, considering literary school. Where the uh, score was gonna be? Yeah, I th- I had a long debate about it in the shower, like, I, not really a long debate in the shower, but I just thought about it while I was um, just like getting out of the shower, and I was like, "Is Tokyo Godfather still a ten? Yeah, still a ten, because that's the kind of things I do in my shower. I don't clean myself. I just stand there and think about anime. <laughs> don't look too much into that. Uh, anyways, so to you, Brad, what is your complicated? complex uh, origin story, as it were. Well, funnily enough, my first experience with anime had nothing to do with Toonami. Uh, it was... It was Fox Box. No. It was on Anime Network. Remember when that was a thing? No. Is it still a thing? I don't, I know. don't know. But it was during the late night, around 10 or 11, 11 o'clock... I don't know why I was up that late, but my parents were too. We were all watching this anime movie. Don't know what it's called, never will, but it had to do with some witches who control... There was one witch who controlled water and uh, made a water bubble around some woman's head and drowned her. Yeah. That was a unique memory. Also from that same movie was a wooden doll, and there was a scene where... I think the antagonist grabbed the wooden doll girl and ripped her shirt off and big old titties were just flopping off on the screen. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, huh, this is happening. I don't know what's happening, but it's happening. Mm. My parents were there watching too. It was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, when I, that was before I knew what anime even was. And that still kind of happened uh, when I was watching Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, it, even to this day, I don't really consider those anime because of how ingrained it is in the uh, in a lot of Western childhoods. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, along there was uh, some Yu-Gi-Oh knockoffs, like... Bakugan and Duel Masters. But when I actually got into anime was, of course, during Toonami with uh, 
Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, which are so formative for a lot of us that I can't really count that as top five. That's just like a, oh. a given. Yeah, <laughs> they're not in my top five <laughs> either. <laughs> I mean, not, not shit on you, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, sorry, Sailor Moon. I guess I'm gonna have to just come up with something quickly. I'm gonna be like, and my other defining anime is uh, uh, Madoka. Anyways, continue. But in my young phase of anime, a lot of my defining stuff was. Gundam Wing, and more so than G Gundam because I only saw like four episodes of G Gundam in my uh, tenure. Alongside Gundam Wing was Zoids. Uh, I remember Zoids, man. Which there are, were a lot more Zoids than I was aware of at the time, but it is the one with Bit Cloud and Liger Zero. I man, I ha I think I had a Liger Zero toy. I think I did too. It was like a wind-up thing where you wind it up and you know, move around on its paws going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I had the same thing. Nice. Like, Stupid Kid Me. Stupid Kid Me did not like Mecha at all. And so, but Zoids for some reason captured my imagination and was really fascinating. Yeah. And I I don't know why, but I, I actually I know why, but I'm not going to just say outright that Gundam Wing bored kid me but Gundam Wing bored kid me and adult me <laughs> so that's why I can't say it let's see and alongside Zoids was Big O which is another mecha show Big O yep and outside of anime there is a there is a lot of shows that really attributed to me liking mecha there's Iron Giant the movie by Brad Bird uh, Transformers yeah. Armada and then Energon and Cybertron. So it's... I, <laughs> I don't know why I or anyone is surprised how much I like Mecha. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler warning. Uh, Brad really likes Mecha. Yep. It was so, He had such a powerful love of <laughs> Mecha that I got infected with it too. Yep. It was more of a... You're gonna, it's more of a... Hey Matt, watch this mecha. Me, I don't want this mecha. This mecha is boring. And then, fine, whatever. Take G Gundam. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And so. and now he's uh, invested as much into a uh, Gundam model kits as I have. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about my gunplay anymore. That whole. Uh, Oh, I got like PTSD over not PTSD but like trauma over the uh, the most expensive kit I had ended up you know like losing an actual piece and then just not being able to complete it. That's beside the point. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good origin story. Uh, yeah. Well, there's still more. Hold up. Oh. Mm. Calm down, Batman. Just because Joker isn't as fleshed out as you doesn't mean you could stomp on my origin story. But my parents were killed. Let's see. I don't know what that was. My first phase of anime. I don't know what dropped me out of it. Uh, something about like a tsunami was nearing its end, or something along those lines. That was when it was reached it its hiatus. <laughs> Did Maguzi have anime? I think Maguzi. I don't actually. I don't even know. Like I'm talking. They did I, have I, Totally Spies. Totally Spies <laughs> is an anime. Yeah, but they did have it. I and, and uh, totally Code Lyoko, which also is an anime, but they had it. Maguzi was basically just great value to Nami. Fight <laughs> me, people! You're not. I'll wrong. be over here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Magu yeah. The Maguzi rant podcast will come. Believe me. <laughs> so like around brown, I yeah, around middle school and high school, I kind of dropped off anime. I caught like episodes of Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. Uh, it was my friend who was really into Code Geass and would tell me about episodes uh, as they were coming out. And after a while, I s started back into anime a little bit around 2013, uh, watching Code Geass and Lucky Star, which are two of my all-time favorites. And Lucky Star is like an interesting outlier among my other list of mecha. But it led to... Uh, Simpler shows like Clannad and uh, Nichijou, 
Oh, wow. And if you look at my any list stats, you'll see like I watched 25 shows in 2013 and it plummets like like the Goliath roller coaster. <laughs> Until you see like 2018, I've watched one show. <sighs> and so now I'm entering my third phase of watching seasonal anime for the sake of the pod. Forced resurgence. You know, it's an, it's a delightful resurgence. I feel I feel I feel like the se- the seasonal experience is fun. It, it, yeah, it made me rewatch Evangelion, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, it made me watch Ev- uh, Aramaga Sensei, which I didn't enjoy, but I'm glad I had the experience. I mean, you can't know what great is until you've seen garbage. True. Mac. Oh! 2020. True. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Just, 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 just throw a Mario sound effect over that, over my last name to boast. You know, like a blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Right, so there's our, there's our origin story. Uh, me, the Mecha Boy. <laughs> Mecha Boy, hot, spicy Mecha Boy. I can't believe it's said something so just stupid. Anyways, well, that's a good story. That's a good story. The main characters, the main characters' uh, motivations were questionable, but I, I overall held up in the first half. Held up in the first half. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's a kind of sad state of affairs for a mecha boy like me with so few mecha these days. Yeah, it's real talk. The mecha. It's just. I think the last mecha I remember hearing about was the Price of Smiles, and I don't even think that was like an actual mecha. I mean, if you were an isekai boy, then whew, you would be just. Mm. I Re- mean, like. Remember when mechas were isekai? Escaflone remembers. <laughs> Me over here be acting like I've ever seen Escaflone going, calling it Escaflone. <laughs> uh, anyways, oh, that's good. That's cool. My number one transformative, the thing that kind of I think defines my taste is Steins Gate. And it's not just because it's, you know, it's the anime that got me back into anime, but it's also kind of the anime that introduced me that just, like, Steins Gate is so based around uh, otaku subculture in a way. It takes place in Akihabara, which, you know, is the otaku capital, or the anime otaku capital. And you just drop that immediately and know nothing about Japan like I did. You're just, you're just throwing concepts like Maid Cafe, you know, and all these sort of just strong otaku subculture elements, and you're just, you're in it. And they're kind of an essential part of understanding what's going on in the story, or not understanding the story, but understanding a good part of the lore. And it just, it's kind of what got me really into anime, because it was a foreign sort of culture to me. And plus, I just love the uh, story of Steins Gate. I, I'm not a mecha boy, but I'm definitely a sci-fi boy. Yeah. I like me some science fiction, and I like a... I like Slice of Life, and Steinsgate kind of combines combines the two into a, a perfect, some perfect bliss for me. It's uh, you should go watch it if you haven't seen it. You. A form of anime. List, Brad. Well, take a guess of what one of my form of anime is. Just guess the genre. You'll nail it. Mecha. How did you know? Because you're a mecha boy. Yeah, that's. I'd say a form guess- of one was uh. Can I guess what? Can I guess when the mecha that's on there? Sure. Evangelion. Actually, no. Get the. F- oh yeah, why? why was it yours, Evangelion? Huh? Huh? Cause I didn't like Evangelion as much as you. I just younger me didn't like it as much as current me. So huh? <laughs> so huh? I didn't. Past kid me didn't even know what was going on. I think same. Uh, former okay. one for me. Let's see. I'm going to have to say Gundam Wing, although express, mm. expressly the first four episodes, because I own the VHS, uh, the first part, which had the first four episodes, and I would play it over and over and over again, because that's all I had. Yeah. And now those four episodes are ingrained in my memory so hard that when I listen to the soundtrack, I can imagine the scene... 
frame by frame, and the dialogue as well, syncing up perfectly with the music. And I don't know what it was about Gundam Wing or about... I don't know what it is about Mecha and Giant Robots that really do it for me, but I was so into Mecha in those days, and it still affected me today. So much so that when I played Destiny, I picked the, uh... What are they, the Exos? The robot I... race? Because it's like, oh, a ro I could be a robot! And also it affected me in that, uh... When I was seeing a clip of the old Avengers cartoon, I think from like the 60s or 70s, mm -hmm. and I saw Iron Man flying around, I was like, ooh, cool, robot superhero! And when I saw him lift up his faceplate to show Tony Stark, I was like, ugh, he's not a robot? Lame. Wow. <laughs> what a... T what a robaboo. Seriously, I don't know why. But I think it was because of the, uh, the designs in Gundam Wing, because they were based on Rule of Cool. I mean, like, I don't like Gundam Wing for a core reasons, but... They've got some of the best designed gun core Gundams in the entire franchise. I know, a Gundam with a laser scythe. How can you how can you get anything cooler? And it's called the Death Scythe. Like that's such a it's such a like it's such a generic name that no one would ever really think of it because it sounds so overdone. Yeah. But it hasn't. You combine it, and it's just it's just guitar solo, man. And you get the uh, like the super version of it, the Death Scythe. Hell. And you're like, oh, it's the H word. Oh, <laughs> it's That's, the H word. You, that blows your you mind mean, as a kid. Are you sure Toonami was the Death Scythe heck version? Well, it was the four kids version, so they pro I don't think they got Endless Waltz, which is where Death Scythe Hell is from. Oh, uh, yeah, probably not. Funnily enough, I prefer the uh, I prefer the four kids English dub over the actual English dub. The fuck do you mean? Because when they uh, when the original dub had swear words in it, it felt kind of like uh, put on. Like we gotta put a swear word in here, make it sound cool. Whereas when oh. the Forkis uh, dub uh, traced over the the uh, swear words, it sounded a lot more naturally flowing. You fool! <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 you didn't catch her, right? It's like, FOOL! Oh my goodness. Okay. This he says as he rips, he's, he rips a mobile suit in half with his bare yes. fucking hands. Uh, well, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, with how much I gush about Mecha and Gundam Wing, you would think it would be one of my favorites ever. Funnily enough, I have, to this day, I have watched Gundam Wing about five times, and I have finished it exactly zero. Cause wow. Even though it was a formative anime, I will agree with Matt in that it is slow as fuck, and some episodes are just gone-awfully boring. Like, yeah. Alright. Even in the session where we started watching it together, um... <laughs> he can only watch like one episode a day before he has to has to go to something else or he'll drown in his tears of boredom. Yeah, I'm and I'm not I'm not talk I'm not I'm, if you like Gundam Wing, I'm not talking saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that we watched it and I we watched or like four sessions of it and I fell asleep at least once per session. Yeah, and so I mean, maybe I'm just an, maybe I'm just an idiot. Oh well, no, as someone who watched and liked Gundam Wing, I will agree that it was good. It's not good today. Oh. Well, uh, hmm. I just have mine lined up. I didn't really have them in particular order, and I don't know if the next one is... Okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, my next one is Welcome to the NHK. A brief description of it, if anybody's out there interested. I really think it's, uh, it's one of my favorite anime. Uh, Welcome to the NHK is about a hikikomori named Sato, who after having a just a breakdown in college, decides to lock himself in his apartment and not really go out, and he is eventually sort of recruited, or is forced to go to these lessons by this young teen this teenager who wants him to better himself. 
And he's so paranoid that everything he believes is a conspiracy. And, um... I, 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 it's transformative for me for a variety of reasons. It's the first anime that I picked up after Steins Gate, really and truly, because at the time, Otaku USA, this, I don't know if it's still going on, I think they are, uh, but it was a magazine that would discuss anime and similar stuff, like, it's how I found out about Perfume and a bunch of other sort of things and that sort of subculture that I really like, but they had a discussion about Welcome to the NHK, and me just having fresh off the Steins Gate train... Uh, wanted something to watch, and I immediately went for Mirai Nikki. So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after I got out of that, and I'm not bashing Mirai Nikki. I actually think it's it's pretty it's yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's an edgy show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's but anyways, I went to Welcome to the NHK, and the fact that anime could be so like obviously they're always character driven, but the fact that these characters could be so. I could understand their plight, like the main character Sato and his determination not to involve himself in other in the outside world, and his just depression concerning everything else around him, and uh, his just desire for these dreams that he keeps consistently messing up on, and it, it just resonated with me. And it was also the first uh, it and Suzuka, the uh, track and field anime. Are the uh, they're the first two anime DVD box sets I remember buying in particular. Nice. And so I guess that's why it sticks with me too. It's because I still have that DVD set, and I still, I I still whip it out and show it to people because I just think it's a very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, no, not even about the dick joke. I just like the idea of people coming over and you just whip out an anime DVD. It's like, look at this. Well, it it kind of is because it's like it I. I could gush about sort of like anime paraphernalia and DVDs because with streaming, I don't really get too many DVDs anymore, you know? And if I do, then they've got to be the super deluxe Omega box set featuring the tears of the animators who made the scene. (laughs) And and so I don't really get the uh, DVD sets like I used to because I I don't want to buy something I can just get for my monthly subscription. So I still kind of show it because it represents something to me that was very important. It was the start of my anime collection. Or my actual anime collection. I mean, I still have like DVDs of like Pokemon, but I don't. I don't whip those out and say, "Hey, who wants to see the classic episode <laughs> where Ash releases a Pokemon?" You know. So that's why I think Welcome to the HK. It's it taught me that anime can be psychologically driven on a deeper character on a character up scale, and it also just started me into my anime collection hobbies. So boom, bam! Yeah, I'm I, done. Welcome to my. I, uh, thank you for attending my TED talk. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you. I don't get to make MA DVDs these days. Uh, I never really started collecting them until the streaming era. I think the first anime DVD I got was Land of the Lustrous. And, yeah. Uh, I. I understand where you're coming from, but why would I get DVDs when it's on my streaming service that I already pay for? But. Lately, I've been having the the paranoia about digital media suddenly being lost to me forever. So yeah. I, I'm like, I got that uh, prepper mentality of buy the physical media, I'll have it forever. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. And I think uh, my DVD collection is mostly just a, uh, it's just the crown jewels of my um, of my uh, fandom, because I think I only buy DVDs at this point of stuff that's really uh, that I really really like. Same. And I so only I've buy got, them when they're on sale anyways. You know, same. <laughs> same, my dude. I don't care how much income I'm going to get. I'm still going to be a cheapskate. Same here. I would say uh, another form of anime from my childhood is... Do you want to guess? You'll be wrong this time. Galaxy Angel! No! <laughs> but let me say a quick word about Galaxy Angel now that you brought it up. There are like four or five series of Galaxy Angel. The first one, Galaxy Angel S, Galaxy Angel Z, some other alphabetical bullshit. Yeah. I've watched it all, and I can barely remember one particular episode. So I don't, I don't know how I watched so much of it and remember so little. But besides that... 
the format of anime I was thinking of was Lucky Star. What? Yeah. Why didn't I think of Lucky Star? Why didn't you think of Lucky Star? I should have thought of Lucky Star. I remember that anime IRL meetup we went to, and you they were like, who's your waifu? And you said, some, you said what was it? Konata? It was either Konata or Miyuki. Miyuki, it was Miyuki. Yeah. Yeah, and you were like, Miyuki, and I was like... <laughs> Perfect impression. <laughs> Miyuki! And I was like... And I had just seen The Great Gatsby, and I was like, why can't I get Leonardo DiCaprio off my brain? Oh, yeah. You called him Leo DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> no, you called him Leo DiCaprio. Leo Like you were on such personal terms. Yeah, like, I don't know why I called him Leo DiCaprio. Like, it was like we would met. Anyways, continue on about okay. Lucky Star. Lucky Star was uh, in a aversion to... All my other action-focused mecha shows was a very slow, easy slice of life um, series, and uh, every episode was just relatable. I, f- I felt like I could be in those classrooms with them, just talking about whatever stupid shit I'm talking about with my regular friends these days. And that's what it was. They were talking about just like shooting shit, like not, you know, the figure of speech. Yeah, no, I didn't think they were actually shooting feces. Okay. Yeah. Like the everyone remembers the uh the episode with that uh what was that chocolate treat? Chocolate cornet. Yeah. Yeah. And how you talking about which side you're supposed to eat from first? Dude, I've never seen Lucky Star. You should. The best description I've heard of it is as the anime Seinfeld. And that's it's on my key. It's, it's, it's a show queue. about nothing. And oh, then why would I watch it? Because it's funny, and it's relatable. And it's formative for me because it was where I developed my first waifu. Well, here's a simple answer. The side you eat is the side that your hands aren't holding. Well, yeah, but when you're holding a cylinder, there are two sides you eat from. So which side, genius? The skinny the side. side or the fat side? I don't even know what a cornet is. Look it up, genius. You're on a computer. I can't because then you'll hear me typing, and then you'll have to spend extra time editing it, and you've already got to edit my stupid blurps with a, I demand a Mario Pwah sound. <laughs> Which will probably get Craig, us copyright strike. Well, the, well, it just takes some stupid thing I say and just put you it know there. What I'm I don't know. Do. Something I'm, like me I'm saying. I'm going to take the Hawaii you say and use that. What? I'm going to take the hua you say and just the use wha. that. <laughs> the hua. <laughs> wow. It's me. Okay. Okay, so so Lucky Star. Lucky Star. And uh, I, think, I think it was because of Lucky Star that got me into uh, simpler shows like Angel Beats. Um, I mentioned Nietzsche Joe, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, yeah, Nietzsche Joe is really good. Familiar of Zero. What? Yeah. You, you heard when I said Familiar of Zero. Okay. Girls in Panzer. Lots of easygoing shows. Lucky Star was probably what got me out of being pigeonholed in a mecha. Ah. And funny enough, my first wife was actually Konata, and then went over to Miyuki. Interesting. Yes. Fascinating. Engaging. Rave reviews. Uh, Four out of five stars. I give it a 4.3. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so my turn? That's like an 86. <laughs> I suppose it is. Let's, uh, yeah, it's your turn, but let's have a quick interjection. Who is your first waifu? My first waifu? Yeah. Are we talking about, like, first of all time? Because if it's first of all time, uh, I mean, like, I remember every time Sailor Venus was on the scene, I was more excited. <laughs> so, Sailor Venus? But at the same time, I mean, my first waifu when I was actually a big boy who understood what anime was and wasn't watching, like, the typical stuff, the typical stuff like Bleach and Death Note yeah. when I was in my garbage, <laughs> my garbage anime fandom days like I am now... The golden age, some call it. 
Uh, I remember Kurisu from Steinsgate. Just, uh, I really liked how smart she was and how, um, I didn't know what a Sundari was. I thought, <laughs> I just thought she was mean, but I liked it. And ever since then, I was like, oh, soft side. And I really, really liked her. She's really cute. Oh, so nice. I'm gonna say, I'm just going to say Kurisu and be another one of those people. Okay. Uh, but actually, probably Sailor Venus. Sailor, Fe- Sailor Venus is good to my penis. You proud of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is whenever this the we laughter get to the... of a shame? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, whenever we get to the winter 2020, we have to talk about uh, interspecies reviewers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Parakeet. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, so your next formative anime other than interspecies reviewer. I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, my next formative one, the thing I think that kind of fundamentally sets me about what my tastes are, is my love story. And my love story is fairly new. I think it's it's rec- it's not it's not, it's recent, but it's not like it's it's not old. You know, I think it's from like 2014 or so. But I remember watching it with my um with uh with Lucas. And, again, I was still into anime, but I had lost kind of my, my, my steam. The steam had been burning out of me. I had been watching too much. And then I watched this anime, and it was a romance anime, which wasn't something that I actively engaged in as much anymore. If there were romance uh, romance undertones, then I was okay with it. It wasn't something that I looked for. But yeah. I watched my love story, and it it really just it re, it refueled me. It made me go. It it gave me extra gas, and yeah. ever since then, I've been trying to. I, that's been kind of my that 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 kind of anime has been one of my um fundamental favorites. Just cute romances that are also at the same time hilarious and just touching, and I and that's what my love story kind of is to me. And it kind of just it just it refueled me. It re-energized me, and gave me strength to just go on and watch more and more anime. And so I just look at it, and I just go, thank you, my love story, for being the, the wind in my sails. Yeah. And also, Takio is best boy. He is best husband, though. <laughs> he will always, he, he is my love, he is the love of my life, as far as anime men go. Uh, yeah. And also, like, at that same season, Mo- Monster Masamune came out, and that was also. Monster Musume? watching those shows back. What now? Monster Musume? Yeah, I watched that. That, that came out in the same season. I remember that distinctly yeah. because I watched that first so I could get my shame out of the way. Yeah. Masamune is from Aramaga Sensei. Yeah, still it plagues my brain. <laughs> but yeah, my love story. I feel like it's just something that re-energized me and re-engaged me to the hobby. So I, uh, I really appreciate that. And it's still I'm still kind of trying to find that same sort of, uh, that same sort of high that I got from... Or a monogatari. Uh, looks out the window sadly. I don't think I'll ever find it. That Japanese it, name gets, confuses me. I always think it's part of the Bakke Monogatari series. <laughs> you just add anything <laughs> in front of Monogatari and you'd probably think it. I could be like, Siku Monogatari, Tigu Monogatari, Igubigu Monogatari, Ugamuga Monogatari. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah, I remember that. That comes after Wuka Waka Monogatari. Katana Gatari. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, that's that's dumb. I'm being Jojo stupid. no anyways. Gatari. Monogatari, Monogatari. Mono Monogatari, Sona Sonogatari. Uh, you you go up. I'm just gonna. If I had to list one more formative anime, it would probably be Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Oh, do you only have three? I mean, I could make as many as you want me to make. I thought I said five. I put that on your desk. Well, you're traveling through time, so I'm trying to as well. I can't... All of my form of anime is mecha. You want me to just say, I like Gundam Wing because robots. I like Kogias because robots. I like Big Go because robots. I like Zoys because robot animals. So do you have five or is this your last one? I have five, but four of them are mecha. What do you want from me, Matt? I'm trying to expand my dimensions as a character. I'm sorry, you just I can't I can't help it that we didn't write you more. We just I can't okay. help it that I don't I'm trying to expand my t- I'm 
I'm envious of your of of your expanded horizons. And I'm trying to You are Zelda Breath of the Wild and meanwhile I'm over here being Zelda 2. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're having your breakdown is infecting me and it's making me I feel like you're attacking me and just going like I'm not you, man. I'll never be you. And I'm just like I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. What was it? What Mecca was it? It's not Mecca. <laughs> it's Ghost of the Shell. There's Mecca in it, right? No, maybe, kinda. It's a robot the tank. First, I remember the first thing you ever showed me that you built was from Ghost in the Shell. You're like, look, Matt, there's a little <laughs> guy that goes in here. I mean, yeah. Do you consider the M1 Abrams tank a Mecca? I consider anything. That <laughs> Anything that's a ro that has robotic parts is a mecha. Ergo, Doomfist is a mecha. <laughs> I'm not joking. The hamster <laughs> is a mecha. <laughs> Diva is a mecha. Okay, well, technically, I mean, yeah. her, 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 her. Anyways, Ghost in the Shell. Tell me why. Ghost in the Shell standalone complex was. Uh... See, it came out in 2003. Let's see, so well, it came out in 2003, but it lasted to 2003. Get off my back! Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was. I watched it prior to watching uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie, so that was where I got my cyberpunk um, aesthetic, and that led to shows like. Uh, Watching Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell 2, Stanley Complex Second Gig. Really, there's not much like Ghost in the Shell other than Ghost in the Shell. Oh, Psychopaths. There you go. Oh, yeah. That was where I got my Cyberpunk kick, and uh, I really like the setting. That was when I started um, absorbing more into setting and story. I still distinctly remember the uh, episode where the inventor, the engineer, transfers his cyber brain into the controls of the tank he designed and just starts going on a rampage. Yeah. And if, what what got me more was that he's it's not really doing much damage, but he's rolling along at a speedy pace, and it's still so much tension to it even though not much is happening and then it gets to a saga with the laughing man and it introduces the uh the namesake of the series standalone complex all these crimes are happening that are being called copycat crimes but there is no origin from which copycats can derive from the origin was a fabrication so these copycats are coming from nothing making that a standalone complex and so, all this stuff about how people can hack your brain to feed you images that make you believe are real, but in reality are fabricated. Uh, all that cyberpunk stuff really, uh, really sat well with me, and uh, and opened me up to a lot more genres, just like Lucky Star did. Huh. Just been real talk. That that segment <laughs> did not flow. That segment did not flow real because of the tirade I had earlier threw me off my yeah, groove. Yeah, you tuckered yourself out there. <laughs> You're just like, eh, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm just over here going, what's scratching at my door? <laughs> well, okay, okay, that's respectable. Um. I feel like with a common denominator of all your stuff is going to be stuff that I've got on my to-watch list that I just haven't watched because I actually have the DVDs for Standalone Complex somewhere. Nice. Because yeah, I found them in a uh, in a flea market. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think um. I think one of uh. Well, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're supposed to say you're welcome. 
I was trying to think of it in Japanese. Uh. I couldn't. <laughs> I could only think uh. of Sudesimash, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like I feel like all of my transformative, the stuff that really defined me, is just going to be just every single, a little bit of every single thing, because uh, the other, the other uh, anime that I think. Really, just and you know what? I think my entire my entire top five are just gonna be stuff that everybody knows, and I'm just gonna be basic as hell. So here we go. Uh, number four. Do you want to guess what it is? You want to play the guessing game? Uh, let's see. What were your first three? Steins Gate. Uh, my love story. My love story and welcome to the NHK. Welcome to the NHK. So number four would be. Hmm. Hmm. Well, time's up. It's Gurren Lagon. How am I so stupid that I didn't think of that? I don't know. I literally was like, I was leaning forward in my seat, like he's gonna get it. He's gonna see it. He's like, it's the one mecha that is my, that's that is my mecha, because it's not a mecha at all. It is barely a mecha. It is not. It is barely. It is hardly a mecha. It is a mecha, oh. and it has mechs that people pilot. Yeah, and I mean, there's no... <laughs> Anyways, Grand Logon is on here because, again, like, I think all of my anime is just uh, my choice, my taste, my my defining anime or stuff that expanded my taste more so. Again, uh, Grand Logon kind of just opened, just like, eyes wide open myself to just what I could love in anime because uh, there's a lot in it that just blew my mind. It was so intense. It was so just... Every episode was a hype episode in some aspect, or it just it just kept me it kept me enamored with the show the entire time, and it was transformative for me. And kind of just it's still ingrained, and I still watch it at least once a year, because and I think this may be going to another episode or something I've said before, but it was one of those anime that just it just unlocked new horizons for me yeah. because before I'd been I guess our stories are kind of intertwined. While Brad was over there going like, "Yeah, Mecca," I was going, "Boo, machines, <laughs> get those out of here!" But Gurren Lagann was like, "Hey man, hey man, you think we can have machines? They can be machines in this, but they don't have to be. They can be entertaining machines, bruh. bruh. They can just, they can just, they, they don't have. They can be the plot, but not bore you." It, it just kind of opened up my eyes because it was such a hype anime, and. For everything that I'd watched before, all these action anime that I'd seen that had kind of been boring to me, like, or not boring, but just, in retrospect, I don't know why I enjoyed them, like Dragon Ball Z with its endless filler fights. I still think Dragon Ball Z is, don't get me wrong, I still think Dragon Ball Z is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing manga. Yeah. Uh, the unabridged anime just goes on for forever, and but it's still good, still quality. But these long, drawn-out fights, just I didn't, I didn't think as an adult that I would really like them. But Gurren Lagann just said, hey, man, you can have fights here. They're going to be fights, and you can really love them. And you can really think the, uh... And, and there's no tension in any fight in Gurren Lagann. It's, they're going to win. Yeah. But it was still just the hypeness for it just had me... It just, it just had me perpetually perplexed by how much I could... In, how I could just stay so invested in these characters, even though, just, like, fundamentally, they're just... They're not characters. Simon is just, I'm scared until I'm not. And Kamini is just, I'm dude bro, and we're going to win. And Yoko is just, like, Sundere Light. Yeah. I mean. Well, you I, say that they're going to win, but uh, I don't know. Victory shush. wasn't so guaranteed in episode 7. Hush. <laughs> There's two people out there, Brad, who may not have seen it. But what happens in episode 7, Matt? They go to Taco Bell. And they... <laughs> <laughs> and they get a grande burrito blast. And that gordita? <laughs> the gordita. <laughs> my gordita. I said no tomatoes on my gordita. Put tomatoes on the gordita? Common, uh, is he self-destructs? And, and that, that plot point you're talking about. Yeah. No spoilers, but that plot point also just made me go, Wow. My fundamentals, because after certain anime where revival is a perpetual plot element, yeah, uh, Gurren Lagann just told me that no, no, it isn't. Yeah. This is not a car. It just reinforced the thing that 
I feel like I should have known, but that just it just fundamentally sold me. This is not a cartoon. Things do not reset. Not everything, not everything good happens to our main characters. And I was trying to avoid that, but thank you, Brad. I'm just gonna get right out there and say it. <laughs> Bad stuff happens, and Gurren Logon was, and I was just like, okay, cool. This is not a cartoon. We do not reset. We do not. You cannot undo. You can, yeah, you you may not advance. So that's it. That's it for me. Back to you, Brad. Okay, let's see. Formative anime number four. Formative? Ha! There you go. Ha! Take a guess at what it could be. JoJo. You're this pausing like you're thinking about it. I mean, I thought about that, but it happened so late in my life that can it be formative? Dude, my number five is literally from like... Maybe a year ago. I'm don't. All right, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a formative anime for me because it was the I I've seen the memes around the place. It was when the Stardust Crusaders was just releasing, and I heard a blurb about it from uh, Demolition D, and that's where I got the famous. It's not much to say about JoJo. What do you want? You can't make jokes about JoJo. JoJo is jokes. That's all he said about it, and that's all I knew about it. JoJo is jokes. And I only got to start watching, actually watching it when uh, Matt finally recommended it to me. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest gifts, anime gifts, that uh, you've ever given to me, Matt, is uh, saying, hey, watch JoJo. <laughs> well, and thank you. JoJo has been an everlasting adventure. It's been a bizarre adventure. Oh my adventure. God, <laughs> how can you do this to me? I didn't even set. You might have thought I set you up, but I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just like, got. I've just got. I've just got a battle tendency. Like when you when you came up and spiked the volleyball, you probably thought I served it up for you, but no, I was just bouncing up all in my head, and you just came up like spike. And I'm like, why the hell? Would you do that to me? <laughs> Why the hell would you do this to me? I was just doing this. I was going to do that. Well, nice. Nice. But yeah, jo JoJo has been a fun romp through uh, anime land. I have not yet finished part five, and I need to get on that. But JoJo... God damn, what can I say about JoJo? It's just... I've never experienced a show that had such wild antics and that took itself so seriously. That could have the dumbest shit like uh, Avdol and Old Joseph just going to town in, in public and at the same time having, in my opinion, epic fight between Jotaro and Dio. Just having the music crescendo and of all things, a fucking construction vehicle just be, being a major part in a in a the final fight that was a by the time I'd seen that scene I was just like it'd been memed to death for me yeah so just like the moment I saw it I was just like roll the roll it's just oh nani yeah. I don't I, but just, just like right. how I gifted you the uh "Quote unquote greatness of Gundam." You yeah, you gifted me to... the greatness of JoJo. Yeah, I was actually I was actually like torn between my number five, uh, because I th I was originally now I'm gonna just change it back to being I'm gonna just give a number five and I'm gonna give a sub honorable mention real quick okay. whenever it's my turn. It's your turn. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Well, now that you've done that, and it's touched my little achy, breaky heart, um, I think, honestly, the biggest gift you've ever given me, and I think it is formative for me, because I think, and this is going to be a little sappy moment, Craig, could you play some sentimental music in the background? You said that, and I don't want to, I want to seem like a good friend. I'm going to just, I'm just going to push uh, Koei no Kitachi aside, a silent voice, put you in the honorable mentions there, champ, I'm sorry, uh, and say that G Gundam, actually. Because it made me stronger friends with Brad. Yeah. Because uh, it was honestly just it also kind of it was also kind of transformative for me because it was another sort of like I know I just talked about 
Grinlog on, but that's not a mecha. I, it's not a mecha, guys. I'm sorry. I hate to break this to you. It's to the, it's 2020. It's not a mecha, guys. Sorry. But uh, G, Gun <laughs> G Gundam, I was like, this, this, so this is a Gundam. Neat. And it got me into it. It got me actually into all of mecha. Like, that was literally my gateway. Yeah. And now I'm just, I'm drowning in it. Like, I've, I, I, it introduced me to mecha, and it got me invested in mecha. And it's just, because Brad introduced it to me. It's it's what got me into all of the mecha that I'm currently, gal like gorging myself on, like all the Gundams. Uh, Escaflone actually is still on my queue. Uh, there's another one. Um, is Pat Labor me mecha? I don't feel like Pat Labor's mecha. No, it's mecha. Okay, it's mecha. Uh, so I feel like it's honestly it, it kind of again opened my eyes up to more sort of uh, that these genres that I closed myself off to can be interesting. And now ever since then I've been into Gunpla. Yeah. And. That's been a fun, wild ride. Formative in that it opened you up to a new hobby. Yeah, it did. It did. It did indeed open me up to a new hobby. Uh, I'm still, to this day, still doing gunpla. It's very slow rate. Um, it's good. Still you don't working burn on the uh, out. huh? Don't want to burn yourself out. Yeah. Well, now I think the last thing I did was the Exia Amazing. Because also, well, as much as I love G Gundam, I'm also a sucker for. Uh, for shows that try to sell me stuff, so I was really into Gundam Build Fighters. Yeah. So I got, like, everything from that. Uh, which, uh, I want to say G Gundam, just because it kind of, uh, it introduced me to Mecha. And, uh... And also, I'm just gonna put Koei no Kitachi, Koei no Kitachi underneath the rug, and just pat it on the back and say, sorry. Friendship was the real winner here. <laughs> which is a lesson you don't learn from, uh, a silent voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Curiosity. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you said the English name because you said the Japanese. So I'm like, the fuck is this? Can you <laughs> translate, please? <laughs> subtitles, Matt. Subtitles. <laughs> but no, uh, Koei Narukatachi. Honorable mention. I'm not going to talk too much about it. But Kiri still hates it. <laughs> still for the for the uh, for not the wrong reasons. Yeah, for the for the for the right reasons is why she doesn't like it. Uh, well, that's it for me. I I'm a head out. <laughs> but Matt, I still got one more. I right, I'm a head back. <laughs> you got your five in. Just going to leave out on my after my fourth. Okay, give it to me. Uh, mine is had to be a two-parter for uh, Code Geass and Death Note because not only did they come out around the same time, uh, within the same week, actually. Um, but I remember a lot of, like, AMV compilations comparing Lelouch from Code Geass versus Light from Death Note, because they were both the archetyp arch archetypal? Yeah, sure, why not? Archetypal, I'm a, I'm a young genius, everyone is below my superior intellect, evil laugh, evil laugh. Yeah, well, I actually like Light. Yeah, he he was kind of a he's kind of a stand-up guy. Uh, I like light. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen to the Death Note episode, but I, there's reasons why I'm. Let's go. Let's just continue on. I'm gonna yeah. be over here talking to myself. But those were uh, two anime where instead of seeing like action heroes from Goku or Hero Yui piling his big ass robot and just looking at a enemy mook and they explode <laughs> or a uh, major kusanagi from ghost in the shell just hacking into someone's brain and saying i won you got these uh you got these characters who use their intellect and they're strategizing to try to outmaneuver their antagonist sometimes they win and it's like wow he pulled it off greatly sometimes they lose it's like a mixture of emotions like, oh man, can't believe he lost, or like, ha, you get what you fucking deserve, you smug piece of shit. <laughs> what's, the, and, what's the quote from our Kogios watch? Yeah, I want Lelouch to lose, but I don't want Suzaku to win. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the exact quote. That's exactly how but, I feel, too. So you have these, uh, these, uh, types of characters, and you can get those characters from shows like, uh, 
I don't know, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. You got a, a smart outmaneuvering character, but they're playing fucking children's playing cards. Although this one applies more to Kokios. You have this character who is uh, piloting a mecha and just being the shit out of people. So you got some awesome action. Uh, so Kokios and Death Note are too much alike. One being a mecha, so there you, there you go. Of course. But uh, they came out at the same time and were equally formative. Just because of the, the, types of, the types of characters that are that differ from what I've usually seen. Okay. And, uh, okay. Since you had a, uh, uh, honorable mention, I'll put one in too for, uh, it's more of a shout out, uh, shout out to Galaxy Angel for taking up so much of my life yet having so little impact. <laughs> I think I, I, I mentioned them before in this episode, but literally it's like four or five series of Galaxy Angel. And I can't remember a goddamn episode. I understand. I understand completely. Well, Alright. Do you remember Star the characters, five. though? <laughs> you could put real estate between those eyeballs. <laughs> it's like Dr. Stone levels. Anyways, that's our thoughts, our opinions, our transformative anime. Uh, if you have any things you'd like to discuss, we have a Discord. You hop in there and say, hey, you're wrong. Just call <laughs> us out. Just yell at us. Just at me. At me in the server. You know what? Why don't you just wake us all up at everyone? See what happens. It won't be anything good. That's awesome. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> it's going to be like shotguns. I don't know. Somebody edit. Every time I get an ad, everyone, I'm like, I hope they meant me. Not everyone else. Yeah. But. Anyways, those forward. are our thoughts and opinions. Yeah. I look forward if to future like... formative animes. See how that changes us. <laughs> if they exist. A, a year now a year a year from now, me. That guy's opinion sucked. <laughs> I can't wait to look down on current self the way I do now with my younger self. Looking oh, at my scores probably... like what is this shit tier scoring? Good lord. I mean, you probably will. I mean, I look. I'm still. I'm looking at my my anime list right now and going, "How did I give this an eight? Anyways, thank you as always for listening. You can catch us on any of your favorite podcasting services, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. As as Brad said, check the podcast site. We'll be there. Yeah, probably. Any, and if any we're final not thoughts there, there, Brad? If we're not on a podcast site, let us know. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we get will, there. I'll put us there. We will drive our food truck up there and set up shop. <laughs> Who wants ramen? It's literally just top ramen that I baked in the microwave. <laughs> I didn't. I ran out of flavor packets, so I put some salt on it. Oi, you got a license for that food truck, mate. Wait, that was... Oh. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Oi, you got a license for that license check, mate. Oh, you are you are licensed for that food truck, bruv. Well, any any closing closing thoughts, Brad? We are Utaku Melancholy. <laughs> we are <laughs> We are Utaku all the time and Melancholy the rest of the time. I'm mel- Melancholy all the time, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Okay. We're otaku in the streets and melancholy in the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Can that be our slogan? I'm gonna. Yes. Yes. We've got a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram. Do all that. Aw, shit. We got a Twitter? (laughs) Yeah, we got a Twitter. (laughs) I didn't know. Yeah, we got, we got Instagram now. too? What are we gonna post there? I don't know, I'm gonna post pictures of my figures. <laughs> <laughs> be like, guys, guys, judge me. Break my setup. <laughs> oh, and yeah, check our link tree. Check our link tree. We've got a link tree as well. Ot- uh, at Otaku Melancholy Podcast. We're very unprofessional. But, uh. But we have fun. Yeah, we have fun. We're all, we're all friends here. 
this has been the uh, the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. Thank you for listening. You, you guys have a great night. Bye.